Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts for today, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your other co-host for today, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And we have another top five list for you today. Today we are discussing the top five tight ends of the class of 2022. And in this class, we've watched through a bunch of film, gotten names via Max Preps, word of mouth, and recommendations. We watched through their film and discussed their strengths, weaknesses, and potential landing spots here. And so as we go through this list, we're going to start at number five, talk about strengths and areas of improvement before discussing outlook, and then do the exact same thing for four, three, and two. And then for the last segment, before we discuss who number one is, we will shout out some honorable mentions who just narrowly missed out on this list before talking about the number one tight end in the class of 2022 and what his strengths, areas of improvement, and outlook is. Simon, am I missing anything before you talk about the number five tight end of the class of 2022? Uh, No, but also just keep in mind, I know some people have you know they're they're considered athletes or whatever but we're basically going off of what uh their max preps position is slash where they usually play out of and their role and so that's what we consider them for moving forward if if that makes sense so yeah um this one i mean i think pretty much everyone on here is listed as a tight end and so that's what we're going with even if they don't play that traditional tight end role but then again who does in today's age of football but without further ado cody you mind if i go ahead and talk about number five here send it so our number five the fifth best tight end in the senior class of 2022 in Colorado is Breckenreiser out of Legend High School. 6'2", 185 pounds. He also has 421 receiving yards on 18 receptions uh, on the year, plus throwing six receiving touchdowns. Before I hop into strengths here, I just want to talk about some notable games. I have notable games written down here for all of these tight ends here. But one notable game was in a 42 to 41 dub over Regis Jesuit. He had two receptions for 77 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. And then against Mullen, even though they lost 21 to 25, he had four receptions for 75 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. And so the thing, probably the thing I like most about Brecken here is that he's a willing blocker. As in, you know, he'll line up at the traditional tight end spot and do the best he can. He's obviously a smaller tight end, probably the smallest one we've ever talked about. Because uh, last year we had a whole bunch of monsters. Uh, but this year he's below 280 pounds. He's only 6'2". But he's definitely stronger than he seems. And he's a relentless blocker, man. He gets in there and, you know, he he, he does his best and he does his thing. And, you know, really has a, a good motor on him as well. Now his technique isn't always perfect. And it's obvious he's much weaker than some of these defensive ends, linebackers, whatever you want. Um, on the 5A level at times, but there are definitely times he does get the step up over somebody because he's just a very hard worker um, uh, as a blocker. So there you go. 
Uh, he does that a lot at the traditional tight end spot. I'm pretty sure on his highlight reel, on his film, you know, there were definitely a couple of times that uh, they were using him as the lead blocker in the red zone when trying to run the ball. And obviously, when you got a guy like Bryce Vaz out there, it makes it easier. But, you know, he's still out there making some blocks, making some hits. Uh, now, the second thing I like about him is that, you know, when he's getting ver vertical, he obviously has a, you know, pretty solid speed advantage over linebackers. You know, like this shows most when he is lined up as a receiver, uh, you know, both by the way, he lines up both in the slot and outside as well. But, you know, when he gets a little bit of a I don't want to say a running head start, but, you know, when he's running some of those deeper routes, you know, has a little bit of a longer developing like route, you know, his speed definitely shows a little bit there and he can beat out some of those linebackers, um, not only on this level, but probably on the next level as well. I think his 40 is listed as a four seven, I want to say, Cody. So there you go. That's not bad. You know, it's not great, but it's not bad either. You could kind of work with that, uh, you know, just keeping in mind the kind of matchups that you're going to have there, um, depending on where you line him up. And then lastly, the thing um, that I really like about Brecken here that's separated from other guys who just missed this list, but uh, it's his versatility, man. He's moved around a lot and he plays a lot of roles for this offense. He's a blocker. He's a second receiving option, you know, uh, second or third receiving option because, you know, Jackson Brush, the number one receiver on this team, he's arguably one of the best receivers in the state. And then you have Bryce Vaz uh, who could catch out the backfield. And so, you know, he, you could consider him uh, the second option, but he's a, definitely a solid one there and he would take advantage of his matchups uh, if it wasn't obvious by you know his production this season on only 18 receptions scoring on a third of those receptions by the way um and you know he does this from all over the field like i said he'll line up at the traditional spot line up in the slot line up outside you know he he can move around a lot and you know plays a couple different roles and so moving on to the next level depending on the system he has a little bit of a taste of you know working at each spot here and so there won't exactly be like a you know, a role that he'll play on many teams that will be totally foreign to him outside of maybe a fullback, like H-back type of role, which he has played a little bit of, though. Um, but, Cody, is there anything anything else you want to add here before you talk about his areas of improvement? I'll just add on that his, his yards after catch ability is pretty dang good. You know, he rips off a couple of good catch and runs for i'd say a handful of his touchdowns you know especially in that mullen game you watch that film where he takes a slant all the way to the house that was for one a pretty good route as far as boxing out the defender and making a play on the ball and then taking off to the races where no one could catch him so on top of you know being good you know picking up yards after the catch he's also pretty fast and runs a runs a decent route tree out of you know a lot of these other tight ends and that is one reason why he made it here at number five is you know like simon said the versatility slot outside h back you know three point stance he's done it all for this legend team and they are very lucky to have him and he's got to be a huge part of their success you know with this team being nine and one so far this year heading into the opening round well their first playoff game since they earned a bye so 
you know, it's fair to talk about the team success. It's fair to talk about, you know, like Simon already mentioned, the versatility and, you know, just his playmaking ability. He's on a playmaker's corner list because he's a playmaker. So that's that's all that I have to bring up. But as far as areas of improvement go, there are definitely some things to address here before looking at Brecken Riser here as a next level prospect. And I'll start with, you know, some of the little things and then move into, you know, the the glaring ones. But, you know, I want to start off that, you know, his stance, especially his three point stance can or his wide receiver stance is pretty strange. Like it doesn't look comfortable. It doesn't look productive to an explosive start. It's really spread is what I'll say. So. You know, he could definitely close that starting stance gap a little bit and, you know, probably expect better takeoffs and what have you against against other defenses. I also, you know, I think that he doesn't have a lot of creativity when running routes. You know, I didn't see a whole lot of separation on his routes with double moves or head shakes, nods, shoulder turns, hand throws, really anything like that. So just getting a bit more creative in the separation part of the game, especially since, you know, I think that more of his snaps will come on the next level as a bit more of a receiver kind of build, you know, more on that in here in a second. But, you know, I think that as far as being a tight end that, you know, there's definitely some questions about his blocking abilities here, which, you know, is a bit of a concern for someone who plays tight end H back, you know, he how do I want to say this? He, he seems a little unbalanced while blocking, so that might be in question. And just in general, he relies a little bit too much on momentum and, you know, a, a pinch of arm strength for blocking. So he doesn't really use great leverage. He doesn't have consistent technique. You can tell this because, you know, he has like a lowering his shoulder kind of block at one point in the film, which, I mean, it got the job done and kudos to his creativity for finding ways to make his body work for him but he's got to get more consistent technique wise as a blocker and that starts with being a bit more balanced it starts with you know getting low exploding with those hips putting those hands right square in the some uh right square in someone's chest when he's blocking them because you know there's there's one play where he commits a hold and you know an illegal blindside block on the same play in his highlight reel and I think that shows, you know, the lack of discipline that Brecken has when it comes to blocking and, you know, some of the tactics that he has to use when he's faced against, you know, bigger guys. And, you know, kudos to him for, like I said, finding a way to get it done. But that is not going to find as much success on the next level as it has found here. So definitely blocking is the biggest question mark here for Brecken. Simon, am I missing anything before I start to talk outlook about Brecken here? Um, yeah, I just wanted to add on, you know, and I, I don't want that to discourage Brecken, you know, because in my opinion, at least he's getting in there. Like he's somebody who really wants to block and whatnot, because you could definitely see looking and we watched a lot of tight end film, uh, not only this year, but last year as well, because last year's class was extremely stacked. But there are definitely players who you could tell don't want to block. And they're not about that life uh, because they're not bigger. And so I just wanted to give Brecken his credit there. But also the other thing is I, he's just really like he's uh, he needs to put on weight. 
you know, he's really light for a tight end right now. In my opinion, uh, I would want him to get to the 210, uh, arguably 220 weight before. Well, OK, if I was a coach, I would want him to get to the 210, 220 weight before I would even feel comfortable playing him at the next level consistently. Other than that, you know, maybe go ahead and uh, make the switch over to wide receiver because I think he could do that, too. You know, but right now, I think at 185, he's just too light. I mean, you could talk about getting leverage and stuff like that, but that's not going to make the difference. It's just going to make you getting blown up look a little bit more prettier. And so that's that's just all I got to say there. I know there's a play that stuck out to me. I think it was against Ponderosa, uh, I, I think a 4-8 team, where he, he gets the block. You know, but he just gets absolutely obliterated. And it's not like, I mean, you know, you could say like, oh, get better leverage and whatnot. But I mean, when you're going up against dudes who have like 50 pounds on you, like you're going to get you're going to get a licking either way. You know, it's just going to depend where you're at weight wise as well. And so he needs to put on some weight here um, and just get bigger and stronger and improve on his overall strength. That is probably the biggest weakness i have for him next to just him not being able to break tackles he painfully can't break tackles i know you talked about you know his uh catch or um run after the catch ability which is different because you know when you're free you're just running right you know after you get the catch but when it comes down to it you know he just can't break tackles he doesn't really have a bag here you know like jukes or spins or anything like that to really get those extra yardage he's more like if you throw it to him and he's open you know he'll break it loose and run open um but if you throw it to him and there's a defender there he's almost always tackled by the first defender whether it's a corner or a safety or a like it, whoever you know and it happens a lot when you look at his film and it's extremely frustrating because he's getting like five or six yard gains or he could break a tackle and potentially get 20 to 30 yard gains you know but he just can't and so i think getting stronger that's gonna go a long way to help him break some of those uh tackles and whatnot and then obviously running a little bit lower there with uh you know with violent intentions or both so that you can get those extra yardage because you know when you have a tight end i mean obviously you want him to be your reliable like hey catch the ball and get me like five yards type guy here and there but if you want to be somebody who sticks out which on the next level you always want to stick out that's never a bad thing um at least in this positive way, uh, you got to be able to get those extra yardage after the catch and break a couple of tackles, throw somebody into the ground. I don't know. Do something. Don't get tackled by the first guy, though, if you are a next level player. Like, you got to, you just got to do better than that. But other than that, Cody, I pretty much agree with everything else you're saying here. Um, but I, I just think he needs to pick a position, get bigger or get smaller, slim up. Or, uh, yeah, but regardless, I mean, to play either position, he needs to lose or not lose. He needs to be able to break some tackles here uh, just because just I haven't seen him been able to do that. And I have seen him play live, too, against Douglas County. You know, that, I think that was the only game on his film where he broke tackles, but they're not a good team. So, OK, outside of three of their players, they're not a good team. And Cody, I think you could probably agree with that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to agree, but, you know, I was getting to the to the overarching thing, but I was just so obsessed with, you know, the needed improvements in blocking that I was like spacing on the, you know, obviously get bigger 
and get stronger phase of Brecken's game. That is, you know, the biggest, you know, thing to highlight here is that, like you said, he kind of needs to decide a position, but regardless of what position he chooses, he just has to get stronger and more explosive and more balanced no matter what, you know, because I, I know exactly which player you're talking about where he ends up flattened when, even though he kind of like lands the block, you know, and I think that that's just like, he's just not coordinated. I think that's the same kind of thing that carries over not coordinated or strong enough to land blocks, not coordinated or strong enough to break tackles. It kind of ends up in the same domain of things that need to be worked on for him, you know, whether that's this offseason or by his collegiate coaches. And talking collegiate coaches here for Breckenreiser, I definitely think that with the things that he specifically needs to work on, it puts him in a really unique situation where, you know, as far as bulking goes or just opportunity goes, you know, if, if he's trying to get bigger as a tight end and settle into that position for the long term, it's definitely a junior college related move, in my opinion. But if he's fine with working out of an H back slash potentially slot receiver position, I definitely think he could be a low end D2 guy just with the success that we saw with him catching the ball. You know, they're they're looking for creative ways to spread out defenses and Brecken offers you a lot as far as, you know, just being a very high effort, high motor player and somebody that you can, you know, move from the slot into an H back position and kind of, you know, you can use him very well to diagnose what the defense is doing and exploit potential mismatches because he's definitely a yeah, I'll do it kind of player. And so, or whatever you need coach kind of player. And every program is looking for a guy like that. But one uh, that's in Brecken's position, you know, you're looking at either a, you know, D2 and lower, you know, like lower end D2, etc. to fill that kind of athletic throw, throw yourself at whatever the problem is. And then, you know, maybe we can help you get bigger and fulfill what we need from you a little bit more. Or, you know, it's a junior college kind of decision for Brecken here to definitively decide what position he's going to. And regardless, he's going to have to have a great relationship with the strengths and conditioning coach to, you know, reap the full benefits of his collegiate career, whatever that may be. Simon, what do you think of that analysis here and outlook of Breckenreiser on the next level? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think he's a very raw prospect here. You know, he he might get some offers here, but, you know, if I'm a coach or a scout, I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, you know, obviously you're definitely a little bit more of a prospect than others, right? Like he has, I mean, he ha he's 6'2", so there you go. He has some skills here. That's obvious being part of arguably the number one offense in Colorado right now, you know, at least in my opinion, but you know, there's some long ways to go here uh, to figure out what role he's going to play in some offenses. I think, you know, even after G, uh, G2, even after Juco, you know, I think he's a D2 type of player. I'm not going to say higher or lower. It just kind of depends on like what position, like what role he ends up choosing for himself, which is probably what's going to happen. Uh, and it's one of the good things about going Juco. Like you could pick your own role and whatnot for the most part. And then at that point, it's you impressing the coaches on the field and doing your best at that role and proving that you can contribute to a team. And so uh, 
I, I totally agree. I think, you know, take the time you need with that. He He's at a solid spot right now. I think even if he wanted to, you know, he's only 15 pounds, 15 pounds away from, you know, potentially being like a fullback type. Uh, obviously, he would have to rework some things and whatnot. Uh, I think at 6-200 as a fullback on the next level, uh, H-back, whatever, you know, you could definitely live with that. Um, if you're a D2 coach and be like, oh, he could catch and he has really good speed, like, all right, let's put him at fullback and see what happens. And then I think 200 would be a good starting spot. I think still, though, <clears throat> you would want to aim for the 220-pound mark. I think you – I mean, you know, you look at somebody who's 6'2", 220. It's like, all right, you know, he's he's built. He's kind of built like a linebacker here. We could use him on offense uh, or, you know, maybe throw him on defense and see what you got too uh like i said it's up to him to figure it out you know he has some versatility there when you go juco that's one of the pluses with a juco but uh i mean obviously still do your homework and be like all right you know what are some things that this juco needs compared to other ones where can i really succeed and all that but yeah i i agree definitely a juco guy right now but there's potential here like he has skills for a reason and he's gonna be a part of a really good team uh you know for for a minute here so uh or he he has been a part of this team for a minute here and so you know there's definitely some reason to be high on breck and riser here uh to a degree but uh yeah i mean that's pretty much all i gotta say about him yeah that sounds uh, about right to me and obviously we wish breck the best of luck for the rest of this high school season and moving forward same with all these players and if you guys have any clarifications or want to come onto the show just dm us on instagram or twitter and maybe we can get an interview set up following the end of the regular season but that will do it for the number five tight end class of 2022 coming up next number four Howdy, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Class of 2022 Top 5 Tight Ends. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, and we are going to jump right into number four here. And we're going to travel up north to Fort Collins High School to talk about the six foot four, 215-pound tight end in Blake Smotherman here. He has put up a pretty solid stati- statistical season, but it's the things that you can't really tally that he is especially impressive against. And I'm going to talk about, you know, a a weakness for our number five is a huge strength for our number four, and that is in the blocking game. Blake Smotherman here, he is very strong and has shown blocking success against, you know, edge players, linebackers, as well as secondary. This makes him pretty different from a lot of the other tight ends who maybe only succeed against secondary players especially as far as lists from last year go you know a lot of it was okay they bully cornerbacks and whatnot Blake Smotherman he drives his legs very well whenever blocking anybody on the defensive side of the ball and he keeps them moving like pistons and that leads to you know a handful of really good blocks and some great holes that he's able to open up for his teammates so you know kudos to Blake there on that And as far as, you know, whenever he does get a chance to catch the ball, which has been a decent amount this year, you know, between 
his senior and junior year on varsity. He's racked up 30 receptions for 382 yards as well as five touchdowns. So, you know, and with his senior year being a bit more predominant with 200 of those yards in one year and the majority of those scores, he has proven to be a bit of a mismatch at that six foot four frame, you know, going against some of these other teams in 5A, you know, and I think that part of his strengths obviously lie in his size. You can't really go wrong with six foot four, 250 pounds, 15 pounds. He's definitely a bit more on that prototypical tight end size and allows him to be utilized a bit more in the block game, unlike our number five guy here. But in the passing game, you know, he does have some strengths here. He has pretty solid field awareness, I'd say, especially whenever the quarterback has to leave the pocket or extend the play. He shows great chemistry and just awareness on finding the open green. And I think that, you know, that awareness and vision translates well whenever, you know, he is blocking for screen passes. You know, he does a great job of not committing holding penalties in the open field, as well as finding exactly who he needs to block and pushing them where they need to go and getting that inside leverage and pushing them outwards. In addition to, you know, finding the green, whether he's, you know, blocking properly or whether he is receiving the ball, he's a pretty tough runner who religiously falls forward and gets the yards needed especially for first downs or in the red zone one play sticks out in mind that you know it's he's running out of like a wide receiver stance and he gets a screen pass called to him from like the four and you know these guys they get past the blockers who are blocking for him and he still manages to you know kind of lower his shoulder a little bit as well as kind of make a dipping move here and find his way into the end zone so you know he's he's just a very tough runner who you know sees the field for what it is almost at all times no matter what's being asked of him and then i just want to note that he runs a pretty decent amount of routes you know across the field whether he's lined up at a true tight end spot which he does that, you know, a pretty considerable amount, but also out of an H-back position as well as an outside receiver position. He runs a decent variety across all of those positions. And, you know, he shows, you know, just how much of a mismatch he can be mostly on the seam routes that he runs out of the tight end position or if they scoot him out a little bit to slot. He He's just way bigger than any cornerback you can put out there. And he's just fast enough to beat a lot of those linebackers you can put out there. And once again, just too tall to lose to a lot of safeties and secondary in general. Simon, is there anything that you'd like to add on to strengths here for Blake Smotherman before talking about some areas of improvement for him? Uh, no, not too much, but <clears throat> excuse me, not too much. But I mean, like you said, he's obviously a bigger dude at 6'4", 215 on the year. Uh, I'm going to just go over some of his stats here. But he had 206 receiving yards, 206 receiving yards on 17 receptions, three receiving touchdowns. Doesn't sound like a lot, but he has definitely done a solid job for this Fort Collins team, including I, I think he got a touchdown in the playoffs. But I would say his most notable games uh, was in that 56 to 32 dub over Westminster. That's four receptions, 49 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown. And then against Boulder, another blow here. He had uh, four receptions, 51 receiving yards and one receiving 
touchdown. And so, you know, I think he definitely has a lot of promise and whatnot. You know, I think he's probably a little underutilized, which is why he doesn't like have the greatest stats. But, you know, at 6'4", 215, uh, having the hands that he does and the talent he does, you know, I think he could definitely be somebody that contributes a little bit more to the next level, maybe even more so than high school. But uh, and let the me go arm ahead and... that he has, because <laughs> he he threw a touchdown in that Chaparral game. Oh yeah, you're right. So, so perfect passer rating, by the way. But yeah, I know he could be your backup quarterback. Well, <laughs> emergency quarterback is what I meant. But you know, either way. Well, let me go ahead and talk about some areas of improvement here. Some things that I like to see him kind of build on. Uh, number one, obviously, you know, when you're a stronger dude, your blocking is going to look a lot better uh, than, you know, someone who's smaller. But uh, I would say his blocking isn't bad. You know, I think it's uh, pretty all right, but it could step, definitely still be improved. You know, from him, I would like to see more consistency. That's the biggest thing. You know, his hands uh they tend to kind of slip outside and it definitely looks like some holds and you know I, I don't know it definitely looks like he's holding on some place you know even though he probably isn't um initially but i would say just you know stay disciplined there continue to work on your blocking uh continue to improve that and get you know get your uh, consistency right with that you know because on the next level <clears throat> you know they're definitely going to be a little bit more picky and so you just got to get better there and then i think i would say his second biggest like area of improvement here is that just agility wise he's just really stiff um well not really stiff he's a he's pretty stiff though uh, if he can loosen up you know have a little bit more lateral quickness and whatnot uh improve on that agility that would really help with his run after the catch, you know, help him be able to make more moves here, uh, you know, get those get more first downs and whatnot. Because right now he definitely looks like he's six four uh, just because of his lack of agility there. And so, you know, open up them those hips, you know, do dancing or something. I don't know. But you got to you got to get a little bit quicker, you know, there. I think that's his biggest um that that would be something that would help him out the most to be honest with you as a receiver so there you go and then speaking as a receiver i'd like to see him continue to put in work as one specifically getting off the press dominating the red zone if it's one-on-one -on -one in the red zone you should be winning every single time in my opinion if he can develop into somebody who can be a number one red zone target for a college team out there that would really help out his stock a lot you know he has the frame he's 6'4 he's 215 pounds you know uh that's that's something that you could definitely work with if you're a college coach you look at that and you're like okay you know i like that but i think between now and the um i mean you know and before you go off to college and hopefully get into a program here i'd like to see him kind of you know slowly like not slowly but like put in more work to slowly become that number one red zone target for a team you know a show that you know hey outside of my size like i have the skills to go ahead and moss somebody in the end zone and be a big time target for your squad you know when you need a reception i got you so that's kind of what I want to see out of Blake here and whatnot. But, uh, Cody, is there anything else you want to add on before I talk about Outlook here? Hands, 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 hands. This guy catches with his body a lot, uh, especially on the run. And I just 
I don't know about that, especially given the frame that he has. His hands have got to be adequately sized for catching a football away from his body, and I think that that may be a reason why he's not utilized as much in the red zone is just because he does rely on his body a little too much when catching the ball it was the first thing that i noticed when watching his film before i looked at anything else so he definitely needs to work on getting those hands up and catching the ball with the hands and then tucking it in rather than making it all one motion because you will get exposed on the next level catching the football like that yeah, no, absolutely. I think that goes in. Um, I mean, you know, that goes without saying when I say work at, as a receiver and whatnot. But, you know, just in case, yeah, work on your hands, too. Uh, that's never a bad thing. So there you go. But uh, for Blake here, I think, uh, man, I think he could definitely I wouldn't be surprised if he pulled a D2 offer. I think he's probably a D2 guy, uh, D3 NAI guy like right now. You know, he could probably pull one of those offers. But for him, I think to get the best opportunities, a Juco as well, you know, would be a very good choice for him, in my opinion. Um, the thing that's going for him is that he has a naturally bigger frame, you know, at 6'4", 215, that you can't go wrong with that. You know, Brecken Riser obviously has to put in a little bit more work than he does. But Blake, you know, he's 6'4", so you're in a good spot there. Um, I think after juco you know weight wise you i would say you maybe want to be in the 220 230 range ideally i think 230 would be perfect and whatnot and then from there you know if you have the skills that we talked about and whatnot um i would say you know i wouldn't be surprised if an fcs pick him up because you can never go wrong with a bigger body but uh, a bigger body with skills by the way but, uh, Cody, what do you think about Blake here and his future? Yeah, I think as it stands right now, you can't go wrong being a D2 school who gets this guy. And that's exactly what Colorado School of Mines did. You know, he is committed to Colorado School of Mines right now. And I, I think it's a, it's a solid enough fit for a good enough program. You know, obviously, it's education uh, appears to be the priority here whenever you commit to a school like mines it's more than just football there so congrats on that commitment but i think that that's a good fit for him and the proper level of football he definitely could have gone d1 with probably another two years in juco honestly you know just kind of rounding into a more complete football player but i think that he will be especially dominant as as more of a true tight end you know and lining up in that three-point stance and blocking a lot of the time for this, you know, Mines team that does have, you know, talent in the backfield as well as at that QB position. So I, I feel like he could carve himself out of solid enough role over the next few years there and succeed on that level of football. Um Bruh, I was going to ask before. <laughs> I meant to ask if he had any offers because I thought he did. So, whoops. But, well, he could still, I mean, if it doesn't work out, you could still go Juco and then go D1. But just keeping, throwing that out there. But, anyways. Yeah, I should have I should have stopped you, but <laughs> I, I didn't. But I didn't. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, Please. do you have anything else before we move on? Uh, just wishing him the best of luck. He plays Obviously, against... Yeah. Uh, who do they Chaparral? have this round? 
No, they beat they beat oh, Chaparral no, no. in the opening round. Valor, Valor. Oh. Uh, the day that this episode comes out, I believe. So no, no, no because this is coming out next week. So you they might against... already be eliminated. Oh, well, <laughs> or or they're already in the third round of the playoffs. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Anyways, if if the season did end, uh, congratulations on an awesome senior season. If it's yes. not over, keep steamrolling teams and throwing touchdowns. I guess. Um, Congrats on the biggest upset in Colorado history, too. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I hope that it's not coming off of as that, but. Uh, yeah no that would be crazy that would be crazy it That's... still would be because we all picked ballard in our predictions uh check out that episode if you haven't yet but if we're already in the future then there's no need so yeah well on that note i think it is time to bring this segment to a close and let simon talk about our number three tight end coming up next boom What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're talking top five senior tight ends here in the box state, here in the state of Colorado. And at number three, we have Aiden uh, Oxziger. At least that's I, actually, I think it's Oshziger. I hope I'm saying that right. If not, I apologize. But Aiden here is from Erie, 6'3, 230 pounds uh, on the year. You know, kind of a quieter year than last year 14 receptions, 133 receiving yards. Two receiving touchdowns. Uh, Cody, I'm sure you don't mind me going ahead and hopping into strengths and notable games here. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and hop in here. Uh, well, he had one notable game. Oh, my God. I can't talk. He had one like very notable game here um, in a 47-27 to 27 dub over Bryden. Here in this game, he had eight receptions, 81 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. You know, I know he was battling some injuries and whatnot. And so that's definitely unfortunate because I think if there was maybe a little bit more film, maybe there would have been a little bit more, you know, to talk about here. Uh, and he would have been higher on the list but unfortunately that's where he's at you know he did start as a junior so i did go off of some of that film as well but you know not a bad game against Braden. obviously he's a big target for this dominant eerie team and you know what uh, that's kind of one of his strengths here his biggest strength here is that he probably has one of the biggest frames uh out of everyone on this list here you know he has a big body that obviously has some room for improvement you know he's only a senior in high school but at 6'3 230 you could work on that you know in in college you could definitely be a 250 pound type of tight end there you know a very <clears throat> i would say a very uh not stereotypical but a very good spot to be at if you are going to play tight end on the next level he's a big boy you know, and he's not just a big body out there. Uh, obviously, he has exceptional strength. I would say he's a very physical football player, a very strong football player. It just shows, you know, on the film when he gets the ball, man, he's just breaking tackles and fighting for extra yardage, you know, like throwing dudes down with his stiff arm, you know, just banging down low and like throwing his shoulder into guys and running over somebody like he is 
probably the worst nightmare of every DB on the 4A level here in Colorado. Just a dude with a big body that knows he has a big body, and so he's going to keep hitting you until yours give out is basically how I see it. You know, and he doesn't care. You know, he really doesn't. Like, he's just a big dude out there who knows he's strong, and you love to see that, uh, obviously. And, uh, and you see that as well when he's blocking and he gets his hands on a defender and he starts to manhandle them once he gets that leverage, too. So there you go. And then when catching, you know, um, I'm going to say this specifically. When he does catch with his hands, he shows that he could sky for it. You know, obviously at 6'3", he has kind of a, a longer wingspan there, but he could definitely go up and go get it and can be a exceptional pass catcher. You know, shows that he has a lot of potential as a potential um he has a lot of potential as a red zone type of guy on the next level is what i'm trying to say here i know i want to say this was him but there's definitely a play where he was running some sort of drag route and he just got open and you know barnett he just kind of laid it up into that corner of the end zone and he went up and got it uh so there you go i don't know if that was on his junior fi film or senior film but it was definitely on there you know he, he has a lot of potential here at his frame i think that's the biggest thing going for him here uh cody do you agree slash what are some other things that you really like before you talk about his areas of improvement here yeah so i actually got to see aiden live simon is junior year in that Greeley West game. It was his first game as a starter where he had two receptions for 40 yards and a touchdown. And he is really hard to bring down is something to compliment Aiden on here. He broke a lot of tackles on those two receptions, rather not relive them too much. But anyways, um, and he showed pretty solid speed in that game specifically. And, you know, you got to be impressed with these junior stats here. You know, you can even argue that he outdueled the two top tight ends in the state his junior year when he had three receptions for 84 yards and a score in a 15 to 13 win over Heritage. So, you know, he's got that going for him. And that was the year that they had Terrence Ferguson and Eric Olson, two D1 guys, two Power 5, well, Pac-12 guys to be specific, you know, on that Heritage squad. And, you know, his team, obviously it's a team game, but... When you have a long reception and 84 yards and a score, that is that goes a long way in a two-point win. And then, like you mentioned here, in this Brighton game, he went off. Eight receptions for 81 yards. That is just a lot to be happy about. And I think that his ceiling is very, very high here for this, you know, Erie team and just in general. I think that, you know, always falling forward, he's a good downfield blocker in my opinion i think that he does a great job of you know doing just enough in like the you know screen game or you know he's got blake barnett there who takes off from the pocket you know when whenever the opportunity arises especially on rollouts and he's very good at converting you know that rollout if he's covered into a pancake against whatever linebacker is there or against whatever cornerback is there and opening up running lanes for the quarterback as well as obviously any running backs whenever he does find himself out there and i just wanted to compliment his hands are so freaking strong they're so strong he's able to rip the ball away from defenders and, you know, I think that that's the thing that stuck out to me the most is that he does catch with his hands and they are good, you know, and between that 
and just the way he utilizes his frame boxing out and whatnot he you know just he's a menace and especially in any one-on-one coverage you don't want to be a linebacker on the wrong side of six foot going against this guy because you are probably going to lose that matchup 10 out of nine times really against Aiden here but and I'm going to talk about some areas of improvement it does have to do a little bit I think with you know his not what his frame is being an area of improvement but using to wield it a little bit better in general you know I think that overall when you look at the film he's not the fastest player in fact I'd even say that outside of when I saw him live he's pretty slow in general and you know that that makes him a little bit easier to cover whether he's bracketed whether he's bracketed or anything like that that makes it hard to beat especially because he doesn't have really a route tree a lot of his routes are either you know corner leak outs or seam routes that's basically the Aiden uh Ochsiger route tree and he doesn't he doesn't have any spice in any of those you know there's no double moves or head shakes it's Kind of a similar weakness that I had a little bit earlier for our number five guy. And you can tell when he does run that he's not in a position to incorporate those into his game yet because he runs kind of top heavy. I don't know if you saw that, but, you know, he runs just really tall and kind of leaned over. So, you know, that takes away speed, that takes away explosiveness, that takes away balance to, you know, make some of these better cuts or you know make some of these double moves or these head shakes or get defenders hips twisted so you get a little bit more space to catch the ball I understand that he can catch contested balls but whenever you can create room you absolutely should create room and so you know he's definitely more in that I'd say traditional tight end kind of role where it's like a lot of blocking and then catching play action passes more so than he's in a bit more of the modern tight end role where, you know, he can line up anywhere and go against any combination of coverage or athlete because, you know, he's also an athlete himself. I think that he's got to work on just being a bit more balanced and athletic and agile more than anything else is probably the biggest things that I'd say he has to work on in this off season. Simon, is there anything that you have to add before I ask you if you know if he has any offers? Um, no, not too much. I mean, I would say he catches with his body a lot, I feel. And I need to see a little bit more consistent work with his hands. Uh, on his Twitter, though, I mean, he has he's been, he's been to a good number of camps, including one in northern Colorado, uh, southern Illinois, and a couple other ones. Um, and so... I mean, in that film, he looked pretty solid running routes, and he actually has a video that just says tight end route tree, where he's running a bunch of different routes and whatnot, and so, I mean, if you want to, you can look at that. I didn't uh, yet, but I feel like he does have that ability, but maybe in Erie, uh, you know, they they just kind of don't feel as comfortable with him yet um, coming, from that, coming off of that injury, which, you know, maybe... 
Look, I'm not going to lie. When you do miss a good number of games this season, which is it wasn't that many, but when you miss a couple of games in your senior year, obviously the injury like issue like, oh, is he going to be all right moving forward and whatnot? He is a bigger body. You know, that's a lot of wear and tear, especially at the tight end spot, especially how Erie uses him as a blocker. You know, like he's he's out there, you know, kind of a lot. It's like, all right, you know, well, where he's where is he at health wise there? And so um, maybe you want to look at that and say that's a air of improvement slash concern here. But I mean, that's just a doctor's visit away. And then, you know, it's it's whatever if it's all good, you know. And so just throwing that out there. But other than that, let me go ahead and talk about some of his. Um, well, let me talk about what's been going on with him so far. So right now, just looking at his Twitter, I see three official offers so far. He had his first one in May, uh, May 21st. He was offered by Graceland University up in Iowa. I believe they're D2. Uh, and then Aiden has also been offered by, uh, let me see here. He's been offered by Colorado Western or Western uh, and then Colorado Mesa. He has taken visits to both. And so he has those uh, three offers as of right now, but he has been, like I said, he has been to that UNC Bears uh, football skill camp and he was actually invited uh, by our boy, Coach Mike Armour, to a UNC football game pretty early on in the year i would say it was like yeah september 26th i think that may have been like the second or third home game and he's like on the sideline here and whatnot and so there you go also end up going to a cu game this year yeah yeah and then he was invited um a couple times actually uh invited to cu versus minnesota and then cu versus usc oh and then cu versus arizona so i don't know if he took all of those because i feel like he would post about that but uh you know they've they've invited him out a a good number of times maybe he just no he's been he's been so i don't know i don't know what cu is doing maybe they would like him as a preferred walk-on i wouldn't be surprised um at that that might be something that's coming here uh you know because aiden i feel like he's just one of those guys that you know he's 6'3 230 actually on his twitter he's listed at 235 so you know do what you want there so 6'3 235 you know um he's a big body out there he has exceptional strength i mean he's not the fastest dude but screw it i mean if you could get another dude who could block and is a kind of a stronger guy then you don't know you don't need to be like deshaun jackson to go block a defensive end or a linebacker just go block him and that's your job right and so that's kind of how i'm seeing aiden here and i'm sure that's actually how a lot of teams are seeing aiden here they're seeing him as a guy that you know he's a he's a traditional tight end uh, of sorts you know he could go ahead and block you know he has that strength that natural strength there and you know you could probably tune up some things here and there and make him more consistent but you also know he has that potential at 6-3 as a receiver you know having those strong hands and whatnot and so you know there's there's definitely potential here i think aiden here uh he's getting a lot of d2 love that's for sure like high level a uh, d2 that is you know 
but I think he could potentially play a D1 as well. I wouldn't be that surprised. You know, I think maybe an offseason of work could mean the difference between uh, FBS and FCS. Right now, I think FCS, uh, he would probably be pretty perfect, you know, just having a bigger body out there. I know UNC, they could probably use a guy like Aiden. I think the issue there would probably, you know, getting McCaffrey to offer him, obviously. And so that's probably a battle internally that UNC is going that has going on right now because obviously they've shown him a lot of love between the visits and you know between um having him at the camps like these last couple years and knowing that they have him here uh over just over at erie high school and so you know i I could see unc doing that but i think if he waits a little bit here if erie makes a deep playoff run which they are poised to to make right now you know i think one of us has erie in state don't we me i have erie in state actually yeah yeah so if he goes to state and you could talk about this more here later cody but if erie goes to state i wouldn't be surprised if you know some of the other big sky guys uh, look at aiden here and they're like oh unc they're not doing anything as usual you know i'm montana state and i'm gonna steal him because that's what i do every single year and that's why we dominate you uh every single year and <laughs> have uh max mccaffrey throwing clipboards at high schoolers but anyways that's probably what's gonna happen you know get offered by montana montana state i think based on their schemes he's he like fits them pretty well he like he looks like a like a player you'd see on montana or montana state to be honest with you or eastern washington i could see that as well that would be a really uh that would actually be a really good fit uh, no disrespect to the D2s here, but obviously Aiden is not a Juco guy right now. I think right now, I mean, he could go Juco if he wanted to, but right now he has some good offers on the D2 level uh, with D1 upside. Cody, what do you think? I agree wholeheartedly, and I, I kind of – I also want to note that he's followed by uh, Chadron State as well as Wyoming football recruiting. So, you know, that's something else to note just on his Twitter there that he is followed by those accounts. So that that's more, you know, of that D2 getting looked at. And Chadron State, they have a pretty good eye for swooping some Colorado talent that gets unnoticed by D1 guys within the state. And we know a couple of guys who've committed there in the past, as well as some guys who are, you know, looking there right now. So there's that. As well as, you know, Wyoming football, uh, anytime that they can steal, you know, some Colorado talent, I know that they're down. But, I mean, it's hard to argue with his frame and the way that he wields it as far as not being, you know, a D1 guy. He definitely is just because of the upside of that frame, of that strength, of the capabilities that he has shown. I really have to kind of respect the way that CU is playing this because CU is the closest to, you know, Erie right now. So if they can convince him to be a preferred walk-on, I think that that'll be a huge steal for CU. But, you know, if another D1 school offers, I think that Aiden has to jump at that opportunity. I think that he is a D1 guy. Or, you know, if he can get a lot of his school covered at, at the D2 level, then, you know, you just got to treat it like the business that it is sometimes and, you know, look, look out for yourself and look out for what fits your needs the best. But, you know, he definitely has options and that is not a bad place to be at all for Aiden. And, you know, I, I could see him definitely ending up on the field 
you know, maybe not as a first year guy. Maybe I'd redshirt him kind of no matter where he goes, just for him to settle in, whether that's a new setting on the D2 level that's pretty far away or, you know, whether that's just because, I mean, if he goes to CU, they don't really need him right now, you know, with with Eric Olsen in the wings and whatnot. But, you know, definitely working him into those rotations and you could definitely use a contributor like him whether he's blocking on punt or something as a sophomore, or whether he's out there catching passes as, as a second year guy. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure they could figure that out. Obviously here, if I'm Aiden, you know, and you see CU and they give you preferred walk on, but some of these FCS schools are offering, I would at least take a, you know, go, go ahead and take a trip to, one of these FCS schools, if they do offer you, I would say, like, don't don't settle for CU, you know, because, hey, a full ride to an FCS D1, that's, I mean, it's not equally as good as getting a full ride to a CU, but, I mean, there's also something to be said about living comfortably at a D1 with your college paid for um, in a beautiful town, too. I hear Bozeman is, is, a, is a beautiful looking town out, up there as well, and it's all paid for by the way, too, which is the biggest thing that I'm trying to really get at here. So, uh, you know, just, just keep... Wyoming is not that far either. If they hit you with an offer. No. Yeah. It's, if Wyoming offers a really short drive, honestly, from yeah, Northern yeah. Colorado. So, yeah, I would take that too. If, I mean, obviously if Wyoming offers you and CU doesn't, I think I would probably take that low key. If that's where you, if that's where you want to go, but regardless, he's a D one guy. Uh, at least I be- we believe he's a D1 guy. You know, it's just a matter of like, all right, you know, it's let's let's just see. You know, let's just see uh, how some of these things turn out. Right now, at the time we're recording this, it's actually November 11th. So there you go. You know, he got some stuff. He got his offer from Western November 3rd. So there's definitely a lot more time here. He's somebody whose recruiting could heat up here um, in the next coming weeks, especially one strong playoff game. Yeah, yeah, could really blow up. So yeah, all you need is need to jump on this guy now and do it before he has like a two or three touchdown game at some point in these playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, with that being said, you know, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll talk about our number two guy uh, here up next. Hello, y'all, and welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We got top five of the class of 2022 for you today, and we have reached number two on this list, who is Dominic Mazula out of Holy Family High School. He is six foot one, 215 pounds, and there are plenty of reasons why he finds himself at the number two spot on this list as one of the more underrated prospects in all of Colorado. But... You know, I I will mention here that he is surprisingly good after the catch. I know that that comes off uh, a bit written off because because it was. When I first opened up his film, I was not expecting him to get a catch and run of over 60 yards. So, you know, and he has the ability to do that a couple times and does on his film, you know, even from really short passes like hitches or, you know, slants or out routes. He's able to get up the field really quickly and, you know, make defenses pay for underestimating his speed the way that I did. I also just want to mention that even though 
He's listed at 6'1", 215. He plays a lot bigger and taller than that, I would say. You know, whenever he reaches up for the ball on some of these passes where he does have to reach and then bring it in really quick, he his, like, vertical reach is really high. And it makes him kind of look like some of these other taller tight ends on this list where, you know, he could just reach up into the clouds and reel in a football or, you know, this 215 pounds, he's able to kind of push linebackers out of the way, not with his hands, but just with his frame. You know, he can run those, you know, over the middle kind of routes and linebackers kind of just bounce off of him as he runs his routes. So he plays significantly bigger than his six foot one, 215 pound frame would imply. Uh, and, you know, with that verticality that he has on reaching for the ball, that makes him a great security blanket for his quarterback there at Holy Family and a great security blanket for anyone in general. He has a surprisingly big catch radius for only being six foot one. I'd say that it's better than a lot of these guys who are even bigger than him because he does, you know, such a good job of boxing out defenders and just adjusting to the ball very well, especially when it's in the air. I also just want to note that he has a very powerful stiff arm. There is, I want to say there's like four or five stiff arms on his film that just make you, you know, wish that, or I guess pray that the other defender is doing all right because he shoves them into the ground really hard and, you know, just gets an absolute punch in that stiff arm. It is very entertaining to watch, you know, as, as a football fan and as a scout but, you know, on top of that, he just routinely falls forward and just shows great power in all facets of his game. And, you know, it it just adds up, especially in the run block game. I think that he does a great job of just overpowering guys sometimes. And, you know, he does a pretty decent enough job squaring up to defenders whenever he does go to block them. But, you know, I think that the most evident part of his game is that you know stats kind of speak for themselves and this year he has been i'm pretty sure the number one tight end statistically yard speaking wise because this season in nine games he has 43 receptions for 804 yards and nine touchdowns including a long of 80 it's actually one of the very first plays in his highlight reel and it is quite the catch and run where he manages to outpace the entire defense which you know that is kind of you know, I'd say it's strengthened because his strides are very good, you know, so he does a great job of just creating that separation. And, you know, from there, it's hard to catch him just because he just has really good strides. And that is what makes him kind of deceptively fast, I would say, on this Holy Family offense. And arguably, you know, if not its best weapon, easily one of the best two weapons on this Holy Family team. And, a big reason why they were able to make it to the eight seed and the second round of the playoffs. Simon, do you want to elaborate on any strengths here from Dom Missoula, who, I mean, he's just a beast in a lot of facets of the game and is one of the best pass catching tight ends in the state of Colorado. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, Dom here, you know, he, he's just a football player. You know, and honestly, I feel like when people say like, oh, he's just a football player, they're talking about guys who could kind of do it all here. So, you know, tight ends, fullbacks, running backs, like DBs who are athletes as well, you know. Well, Dom is that at at, at um at tight end. 
for this Holy Family team. And yeah, you're right, Cody. He does pace all tight ends statistically on the year. He has 43 receptions, 804 receiving yards, nine receiving touchdowns as the number one receiver for this Holy Family team. And you know, this is a Holy Family team that was uh, playing a couple different quarterbacks to start out the year before they, you know, eventually settled on their young quarterback. I believe it's their sophomore, Rylan Cooney over there. And so Dom, he's really helped Rylan out a lot i mean he's helped out whatever quarterback has been out there a lot and so i'm gonna talk about his notable games i have four of them that stretch from the beginning of the year kind of near to the end of the year here as well but against pueblo south where they got a dub i think this was this might have been right at the beginning of the year he had four receptions for 190 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns we know what they have over there between jay spella ray aragon and so that's pretty impressive to do against pueblo south in a pretty close you know this is a a close game as well and so that was a very dominant signature win for dom Missoula here against roosevelt you know they got blown out by roosevelt 49 to 7 uh at roosevelt by the way but dom i mean he's still he made some big plays against them five receptions 61 receiving yards including this play where the the quarterback's kind of just throwing it up there between the linebacker the corner and safety dom just comes down with it you know because he could do that you know, he has great receiving skills, so he does that. Then there's another play where he takes a he takes a catch and he's just breaking tackles from Clayton Robinson. You know, that tough linebacking core over there. And he's he's fighting for extra yardage. And so that's definitely, you know, if you were at the game, you're like, oh, this is Don Mazula guy for Holy Family. He's kind of a baller. You know, we're still blowing them out. But, you know, he's kind of a baller. So there you go. Against Frederick later on in the year, I think this was when Rylan Cooney, I think, became like he was established as the starter over there in a 42 to 35 dub over them he had four receptions 100 receiving yards two receiving touchdowns that's pretty good considering their playoff team and then the last game of the season against fort morgan they did lose 30 to 49 but dom had six receptions 112 receiving yards two receiving touchdowns and so you know this kid he's just a football player man and he's a tackle breaking machine as well with a great center of gravity when you get him the ball he's gonna fight for extra yardage one play that really stands out i forgot who it was against but it was one of it was in one of these notable games but you know he kind of gets the catch there's a linebacker there ready to hit him he goes ahead and puts a spin move on him and then uh walks into the end zone and then there are plenty of other times where like you said cody he's just making big plays being a good vertical threat or you know uh having a nice run after the catch and whatnot he has reliable hands and so uh you know there you go and then as a blocker i would say as well he's a very good blocker who consistently gets a leverage well usually gets leverage and drives really well despite only being 6 1 not being the longest guy not being the heaviest guy but still finding a way to get it done um hey tight ends linemen linebackers whoever whenever i say you need to get leverage and whatnot watch dom's film here because that's what he does exactly and he does a very good job of that despite being a smaller guy and so uh there you go uh, as far as errors improvement goes uh, i would say you know as if i was a recruiter i look at his frame uh he's only 6'1 so he's a little bit shorter but he's 215 and so you know that's there's some limitations there naturally i think maybe some recruiters will be like well maybe he could just be like uh 
you know, we could slim him down and he could be a very strong receiver, you know, like kind of somebody we throw out there when we're trying to run the ball, like triple option teams will probably love to have him and whatnot. Uh, I'm sure they would love to have him. And so I think that's maybe uh, something you got to look at here. Like he's just not somebody who's like a Terrence Ferguson or a, uh, Aiden from Erie or, you know, whoever on here, who's just kind of a taller dude. He's only six one. And so there's natural limitations there. But with that being said, I think if he puts on a couple pounds, gets to 20 to 30, uh, he could be a very good fullback, actually uh, fullback H back, you know, whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, it's a fullback. I mean, honestly, um, I think there are some teams that look at him and they're like, okay, well, if we're going to, maybe we're a triple option type of team, right? Uh, we could use a guy like Dom here who we know could catch. He could break a ton of tackles and whatnot. And then he gets good leverage as a blocker. We could definitely convert him there. Or maybe, you know, we kind of use him as our power back. You know, convert him to running back. And, you know, he could be like a really tough running back that could go out and get some receptions here and there. You know, but uh, his frame definitely, you know, kind of limits him from being like a... You know, like a red zone target, like a huge red zone target, I would say, uh, just being kind of on the shorter end. And then the next thing I would like to see him work on, uh, I'd just like to continue to see him work on his receiving work, especially on the next level. Uh, nothing against 3A ball. It's not bad at all. You have athletes there. You have athletes going D1 there. Uh, but I think there will be an adjustment period uh, at whatever college he goes to at the next level. Cody, is there anything else you want to add on there before you talk about where he might be going to college and where do you think he'll be going? Or what level, I guess? <laughs> sure thing. Uh, I just want to note that he could clean up his blocking a little bit more. In my opinion, I think that he comes off a little unbalanced because there are times in his film where you know, he ends up looking down, especially when blocking some bigger defenders, like going second level against those linebackers. And, you know, he, he his, his chest ends up way past his legs and he kind of loses balance. He loses control and, you know, leverage whenever he leans up, kind of ends up leaned over himself. And, you know, there's a couple of times where he blocks his guy into the play because he can't you know maintain that leverage or that control he definitely needs to be a bit more you know chest over thighs or chest over knees when blocking if he can and just wielding that frame a little bit better in my opinion especially in the run game especially on the second level where you know tight ends end up on that second level quite a bit you know if they're working on a double team with a tackle and you know the tackle obviously has the block then it's up to them to scrape off into that second level or sometimes you know in the down blocking scheme they end up just coming straight to the second level and he needs to work on you know composing himself when he gets to that second level and establishing himself whenever he gets into those positions and then you know his hands could definitely use some work like you said working on that receiving aspect a little bit more i feel like he almost has to face the ball every single time he catches the ball which is a very odd thing to have to do if that like you know you can't turn back and square up to the ball or the quarterback every single time you catch the ball and then anytime he does reach up top for it and does secure it with his hands he has to bring it into his chest he can't just secure it and then you know, he secures it kind of with his chest, if that makes sense, whenever he reels in some of those higher passes. 
And lastly, you know, he slows down whenever he catches the ball, which, you know, that's not like, that's something that just happens sometimes, but it's almost every single pass catch, you know, you can see him lose like an entire step or two whenever he goes to catch the ball. Now that could be a chemistry thing with the quarterback, or, you know, it could be a technique thing that he needs to work on a little bit, but either way, it is something that does need to be addressed. And speaking of his recruiting a little bit, you know, I'm looking through his Twitter. He has a lot of retweets of Mines Athletics. I don't know what his offer status looks like from there, but most of the graphics that I've seen or the games that he's been invited to are for Chadron State, who we talked about in the last segment. I think that that kind of secures because he's a bit more of a raw prospect here that he is probably a D2 guy, but he's very solidified in being a D2 guy. And, you know, if a team is looking for, I want to say like a complimentary, primarily pass receiving kind of guy, I could see an FCS school taking a chance on Dom here, especially, you know, if he does pick up a little bit of speed to be a pass catcher because he does really well with the ball in his hands. I don't think that, you know, it's not too bad having a six foot one, you know, even if he loses a cut, a couple pounds, six foot one, 205 pound wide receiver at the slot. That is a matchup that you can probably rest pretty easy with at night, uh, even on the FCS level. So I think that that could be a high end look for him, but it definitely appears that he is going D2. Simon, is there anything that you know or see that would imply otherwise? I mean, no, not really. <laughs> I think, um, personally, Dom, he's getting a lot of D2 love. I think he could probably be a D1 guy, potentially on the FCS level. Um, it just depends, you know, what, what he wants and whatnot, obviously. I think if he was to go Juco, um, he could probably tear it up on the juco level you know honestly uh going into next year if he does play juco he would be like 6'1 220 225 probably right i mean you know what the skills he have i think he would do very well on that level and kind of fit that like i i, I guess the definition of a juco player just a tough like gritty very good like player you know a uh a diamond in the rough type and so honestly i do think if he was to go juco he could probably go d1 probably fcs though like i said his height doesn't help him out a lot now if he was 6'3 or 6'4 6'5 whatever i think obviously he would have a lot more offers than he has now uh but you know you make do with what you have and i think he is definitely talented enough to play on the d1 level um but like i said it's it's what he wants maybe he would like to just get that offer you know get most of his college paid for and you know go to a d2 and be happy with that um but uh, personally, I think he could. He has the skills to be D1. Hey, what do you uh, think? feel this. Feel this thought real quick. You know, um, you're familiar with Delaney Walker, of course, right? Yeah. I could, I, I can see a comparison to that a little bit because Delaney Walker is only six foot two, which you know is is considered short in NFL circles, of course. But, you know, with the pass catching ability that he had, as well as the run after the catch and just doing enough in the blocking game, that's a comparison that I could see a little bit here 
from Don Missoula and something that, you know, maybe gets scouts and colleges thinking about how they could utilize him in best case scenario. I mean, obviously, he's not as fast as Delaney Walker, but, you know, as far as roles go, uh, you could pitch a pretty similar role, I'd say, because he's a, he's a high volume receiving tight end. You know, we could see that on the 3A level where there's just not a lot of targets for tight ends to go around. He's, you know, the premier tight end and one of the premier receivers on the 3A level period and one of the premier tight ends here in all of Colorado football. So I could see him being utilized like that. And I think that that's something that scouts should kind of think about when they start to process how to best use Don Missoula here. And, you know, either way, I do think that maybe keeping him at a true tight end spot and just having him bulk up a little bit more might be the move here and, you know, work on maintaining that speed while gaining a little bit of muscle. I think that he could still probably move pretty well at 220. And I think that it's possible for him to move you know, not sacrificing a whole lot of movement if you get him up to 225. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like the Delaney Walker comparison. Um, but honestly, I, I think if he was to move over and kind of pitch himself as that fullback, a tight end hybrid type, you know, and be like, hey, I know I'm a shorter guy, but I have these skills. You can look at my film. It's there. Um, I think I could also see a little bit of Kyle Uchek, uh, the fullback there for the, yeah, for the Niners. Yeah. And then Patrick Ricard for the Ravens. Both of them were Ravens fullbacks at one point, ironically. And so you know Why what kind of Andy Manovich, they were. Who? <laughs> Janovich. Yeah, who's that? Bro, don't disrespect Manovich like that. I'm going to get Liam on this episode just to yell at you. Well, too late. But Dom, I think he could definitely look at one of those guys and sell himself as that. He's a versatile dude. When you have a guy with the skill set that Dom has, which is pretty good, both as a receiver, as someone who could just break tackles, you know, he could block well for the most part, you know. Obviously, there are some things you could clean up, but that's with everyone. I mean... You, you find a way to get it done, right? You find a way to get your best athletes, your best skilled players on the field in a position to help you win. I think Dom is just one of those dudes. And, uh, I mean, that skill set's undeniable right now. So there you go. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, sky's the limit for this kid. Uh, I don't know how far Holy Family will go in the playoffs, but we'll we'll see. I'm sure uh, Dom will have a pretty good outing out there in their one playoff game at least. And then moving forward, uh, you know, we'll see where they're at. But yeah, other than that, is there anything else you want to add on before we talk uh, honorable mentions and the number one guy here? Well, we'll let him know right after the break. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We've been talking about the top five senior tight ends here in Colorado. That is class of 22 players. And right here at number one, I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to Cody. He's going to talk about honorable mentions before I talk about the number one guy here. So, Cody, if you want, go ahead and take it away. All right. So we have a pretty decent amount of honorable mentions here. And some recommendations for some of these guys. It starts with Jesse Bowley out of Cheyenne Mountain. He just missed our list because we definitely think he could be a solid fullback on the college level. But there just isn't a high enough 
route variety here to be a tight end, but I think he could be a very good fullback, at least on that D2 level. I think he's that ready as far as being a blocking guy goes. Also want to shout out Marquez Higgins out of Denver East. He plays more of a wide receiver role, so that's why he just narrowly misses out, but he has really good hands and is a phenomenal athlete that any program would be lucky to have. Tristan Caudill out of Broomfield, he had himself a pretty solid season here, his senior year, as well as a pretty decent junior year, but I definitely think he's more of a wide receiver. Then you also have the guy who just missed out on this list, Gage Gordon out of Cherokee Trail High School. He's a great athlete who, you know, I think could definitely get a look on that collegiate level, but he just narrowly missed this list. But these are some great great guys who you know i think could could still find some success on the collegiate level given the right fit and program if that is fair but i'm gonna pass it to simon who i'd say found himself a, a good fit on the high school level and talk about some things that made him so great and the number one tight end in the class of 2022 and that would be jay DeRoyo, the 6'3, 230 pound tight end um, it's Highlands Ranch High School, right, Cody? Yeah, good old Highlands Ranch High School, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this season, you know, he had 43 receptions, 655 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns. Jade Arroyo here, uh, I believe, is also committed to CSU. Yes. Yeah? Okay, there you go. For and a while, so, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's been committed to them for a minute here. And so, you know... He uh, he continues the trend of great tight ends with great receiving work from, you know, the Littleton Highlands Ranch area that don't have great football programs here. But he's a fantastic player and one of the lone bright spots on this Highlands Ranch squad here uh, on the year. He had 43 receptions, 655 receiving yards, seven receiving touchdowns you know and jade arroyo i would say is definitely more of a you know terrence ferguson type he's a little bit gonna he's well okay not a little bit he's gonna be more of a receiver um for uh csu uh, at this next level here now he's not as big as terrence ferguson you know obviously he was like six five six six or whatever but he does some similar things here let me talk about some notable games before I move on. Uh, against Heritage, it was a blowout dub, obviously, 36-7. They're not that bad. Um, but he did get six receptions, 125 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns against them. Uh, against Fountain Fort Carson, who has one of the best secondaries uh, in the state period. Um, first off, they lost 44-21, to but he did get four receptions, 64 receiving yards and one beautiful receiving touchdown where he just cut up uh up the seam and then just caught them off guard and uh raced to the end zone for that touchdown and then against rock canyon they lost to them 49 to 28 but he had seven receptions 120 receiving yards two receiving touchdowns and so let me go ahead and talk about why jade here is the number one tight end in the state why we have him over dom Missoula and aiden all them guys so you know he just has a freakish blend of size and athleticism he's as big as aiden 6'3, 230 uh, but when you look at the film he does not look as bulky i would say as aiden and he just has great speed and athleticism you know he's a mismatch uh out there uh on the on the film when you look at his film you know he's running past corners like 
He gets a step on them, gets leverage, and he's out of there. And so, obviously, you got to be some kind of quick, some kind of fast to be able to just run past corners, get open, and then score, right? One sec. Sorry. So, there you go. Uh, You know, he obviously has great athleticism there. Um, And then, also, he has exceptional hands. He could absolutely sky for it. He makes a lot of contested catches. You know, he is a threat in the red zone. Just has great ability to make the catch when the team needs him to. You know, I know there was a nice little fade route he ran. uh, And they're getting blown out at this point. But there's a nice little fade route he ran uh, in the... You know, last seconds of uh, this game where, you know, he ran the route, got his leverage. He ran the route beautifully, by the way, Uh, ran that route like just as great as you can, you know, Uh, but got the leverage and then went ahead and skied for that touchdown there. And then there are a couple other times where he goes up and gets it where it's a jump ball. And he just I mean, he just outplays the other guys and go ahead and, uh, you know, makes a play. So. There you go. And then lastly, because uh, I don't want to take everything, you know, something I really like about his game is that when defenders are physical with him, especially at the line of scrimmage, they're trying to press him. They're trying to get a hand on him and disrupt his route running. You know, he has some moves at the line of scrimmage to go ahead and get a good release and run free, you know. And so he has a little bit of a back here, not the widest variety here, but he does have some moves to kind of contest or you know kind of counter some of those moves that corners might be putting on him because he does basically line up as a receiver um i mean there you go so yeah but cody do you want to go ahead and talk about things you like about him before you talk about errors of improvement i mean i just like to elaborate you know that his route running is probably his number one tool whenever he's beating double teams you know he's doubled quite a bit in his film rightfully so being the massive target that he is but you know he he uses exquisite route running and quick cuts to create separation you know whether that's at the line of scrimmage or in the middle of the field you know he can create separation anywhere on the field and between that and just the massive catch radius that he has oh my gosh he bails out this quarterback really consistently with just a an uber aggressive catching style and he just you know, uses his body very well whenever going up for the football or diving for the football or pushing through for the football. And, you know, this body control that he shows catching the ball translates as well to his routes as shown by, you know, the route running that he uses to beat double teams. And, you know, just the the ball skills that he has in general are phenomenal. You can see there's a couple of different back shoulder fades that this Highlands Ranch team runs. Well, to be fair, I'm not sure if they're supposed to be back shoulder when the ball is snapped, but he does such a good job on back shoulder fades. He's basically unguardable with his size and frame. Like you said, 6'3", 230 pounds. You know, there's no defender that's really going to get around that, even if it is, you know, a secondary as talented as Fountain Fort Carson, who did have some headaches dealing with this guy. And, you know, between... The body control as well as, you know, the footwork. The footwork translates even more so into his field awareness. I think that he does a great job of acknowledging the boundary and adjusting routes according to the defense. You know, finding those open green pockets in the field, getting those feet in bounds for those boundary catches or in the back of the end zone. And, you know, something that I really like about him is just his football IQ at the tight end position with all these other strengths that he has. It's hard to ignore that, you know, you could give this guy 
option routes, which is not something that's really common for even receivers, I'd say, in Colorado. But I feel like for the past two years, option routes are something that Jade Arroyo can be trusted to to run on this high school. And even on the collegiate level, I think that you could trust him to run option routes pretty fresh because he just does such a good job of knowing the field, knowing the defenders, reading the defense, both during the play and before the play in order to make a play. So huge kudos to Jade Arroyo for having one of the higher football IQs. And then I also wanted to comment that, you know, his huddle says that he runs a 4.940. He is definitely faster than that. You know, he is probably, I think I was talking to Simon, he's at least a 4.6-ish guy. And, you know, that speed makes him kind of a nightmare to deal with on the outside whenever he matches up against these cornerbacks because, you know, he's faster than a handful of cornerbacks and he's definitely bigger than most of these cornerbacks. So he's too fast to be guarded by a linebacker and he's too big to be guarded by a cornerback or a safety. He's definitely a two, you know, a two man job here and needs to be double covered and even then still finds a lot of success and, you know, I think at the line of scrimmage, you can't really press him. I think he's strong enough to push off of defenders and, you know, create that separation. And you can see it as well in the run game whenever he totally pancakes some of these secondary guys like, okay, yeah, try and press him and you're going to end up on your tailbone and he's going to end up with a score as he did throughout the year. So, you know, just an incredible talent. I don't know what it is with this um, southern Denver metro area producing so many tight ends between you know the pair over there at heritage as well as you know cherokee trail and then jade arroyo this year it's uh it's been pretty interesting so but talking about some things that he can do well is or or some areas of improvement is there i i kind of had to nitpick for this a little bit it's just that i didn't see a whole lot of run blocking film And the ones that we did see, I think you can attribute mostly to his size and strength advantage. And because a lot of it's against secondary guys that he blows up. But the longer that a block goes on, you can see that his hands start to slide towards shoulder pads or towards the back of the shoulder pads. And, you know, obviously that is just a penalty potentially waiting to happen. Simon, did I miss any strengths and or do you need to add on some areas of improvement before we talk about what his career up at CSU could look like? Uh, no, not too much, really. I mean, I have the same thing as you. I mean, blocking in general, but he's definitely a little bit more of a receiving tight end like Terrence Ferguson. Um, over up in Oregon, they have him playing. He's been fl- uh, Terrence Ferguson, that is, has been playing his freshman year as a true freshman and whatnot. And they don't really have him blocking a lot. You know, he's definitely more of like a red zone type of guy, as you know, we expected slash, you know, when they go uh, into their spread formations, he's up in there along with that Nevada tight end. And so, like, it's not like this is the biggest concern either, because if CSU was smart, they would put him in similar situations. And so, um, you know what, let me go ahead and talk about CSU here. I think if CSU knows what they have, um, he probably gets some snaps as a true freshman. I think, you know, at, with his talent here, you know, he could definitely go on and just, I mean, go make some plays. There's going to be an adjustment period, obviously. We all know that. 
but I think, you know, 6'3", 230, can't go wrong with that. I don't think CSU really has a guy like that right now. So I could see him definitely getting some snaps as, as soon as now because uh, CSU, you know, losing as many Colorado offensive commits, uh, offensive player commits as they have in the last, um, like, you know, six months, basically, they need they need all the firepower they could get. Because offense is definitely their weak point here, um, you know, and I guess that would be expected with the defensive head coach. But it's become much more obvious as uh, the season has went on that they just don't have that kind of firepower. And that's just facts. But Cody, what, what do you think here? I think you have to start him as a freshman, don't you? I, I mean, yeah. he's just... He, he's succeeded against some great programs here in the state of Colorado that I think are producing Division One talent in a plethora of areas in that secondary. And I think that, you know, just he's so mature as a football player that your team is worse if he's not on the field. It's just he's already like that. And, you know, I think on the I, I'm going to go ahead and say I think that, you know, he's even a potential NFL guy just with the combination of size and speed. Whether that's at the tight end position might be questionable, but I mean, he's just such a great receiver and he's fast enough that, you know, he, you know, with a, a decent college career could even potentially get some NFL looks, honest to goodness. Yeah, no, for sure. And I could see that. I mean, potentially maybe even looking more like a Chase Claypool type, like how Notre Dame used it. Yeah, yeah, I think I could see that as well. And I think we're obviously learning some things from um, our top five list and breakdowns from last year with Ferguson. I believe last year we said maybe, you know, they go ahead and give him a red shirt year and whatnot. But obviously that didn't happen. And he was playing right away. Uh, and he is playing right away right now. And so I think learning from that, it's like, okay, well, if he could stand out over at Oregon, you know, I think Jade Arroyo, I mean, obviously, he's not, I would say, on the same level as Ferguson. I think Jade Arroyo at CSU is, uh, you know, similar-ish comparison talent to program-wise. And so I could see him going ahead and uh, getting some snaps, just like Ferguson, if they're smart. Like I said, you know, uh, there's been something going on at CSU and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm just going to kind of leave it there. You know, you could look up at all the... Uh, offensive players transferring out no defensive players ironically not as many defensive players it's like specifically offensive players and these are guys who were like number one on our senior list and like even before we started this podcast they were like player of the year and whatnot and that CSU is just allowing to walk and so I think that's definitely more of a concern than anything Cody if you ask me as a college football guy I'm looking at Adazio and I'm like does he know what he has with Jade Arroyo here because I don't know like I (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying like like he could go to Oklahoma and he could do some things over there as well or you know or to any big 12 score in mind he could be a power five guy easily yeah yeah you know and so I'm just throwing all that out there you know because I think it's worth bringing up with just how many people have been transferring that are Colorado offensive skill players specifically. Like, it's a it's a very alarming number if you really want to look that up in the last six months here since, uh, like, June, July, J- June or May or so, 
you know, and so there you go. I'm just going to throw that out there, but I think he starts, well, not starts. I think he gets snaps, you know, as a true freshman, and then we'll see from there. Um, but, you know, maybe a lot of things could Odell happen. Beckham and sign with the Rams. Well, that's illegal. So <laughs> that's going to be an outdated reference by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, but it was hot news released. today when we were recording. <laughs> watch Odo get released a week from now. And everyone's like, what are you talking about, you idiot? Or like, you know, he gets hurt. <laughs> and he hurt uses the, the rest of his eligibility at CSU. And teams up with Jade Arroyo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, all that nonsense talk aside... But I think that's uh, a sign that this episode is coming to a close here. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I just want to give you the opportunity. Cody, I mean, do you think there should be some level of concern about CSU and, uh, you know, their deal over there? I'd much rather see him somewhere else. If that, okay. like, I don't know if that answers the question enough, but I don't know what exactly, you know, Jade Royal's priorities are. I'm assuming with such an early commitment that, you know, staying kind of close to home might be a priority of his, or I don't know if there he has family up there. So a sense of familiarity mm-hmm. might be a good thing settling into college. But, you know, I think that he's a guy who could definitely get looks if he ends up in the transfer portal. Um, but I would want him to probably get on the field and show some flashes first. Oh, well, and, yeah. And I think that opens up a lot of opportunities. I think, you know, he's followed by Wyoming football recruiting. And, you know, if if that's the fit that needs to happen, then that's the fit that needs to happen. So, you know, it's not like he doesn't have options, but I don't know what's important to him. So, you know, I I encourage him to, you know, do whatever he thinks is best. But I do have a weary sense of optimism heading into this Rams situation. Well, that's pretty on the fence, I would say. But I, I get what you're saying, though, for sure. All right, well, that'll wrap, wrap up. Oh, my God, let me restart that. That'll wrap up this top five seniors list. Uh, just one more time, going from top to bottom. We have Breckenreiser from Legend at five. At four, we have Fort Collins' Blake Smotherman. At three, we have Erie's Aiden uh, Oshtzeiger. Hope I'm saying that right. At two, we have Holy Family's Dominic, a.k.a. Don Mazula, uh, over there. And then at number one, we have Highlands Ranch Jade Arroyo committed to CSU. And so, boom, there you go. That is our top five list here. I think um, coming up next week, is it safeties, I want to say? I think so. Yeah. And if we're saying any of your guys' names wrong, just come on to the show. Let's let's get an interview and let's let's hear your side of the story and see what you got to say as far as our film analysis or our college outlook and give us kind of an inside look as to what that process looked like. Of yes, course, you're invited. You're invited. Yeah, if I think that we should probably start saying that at the beginning of the show. If you make a top five list, consider that the invite to come onto the show and we'll chop it up and figure out a time to do that because we'll be doing most of our interviews in the off season. Uh, so there you go, you know, but that'll basically wrap up this episode here. Uh, we're going to continue on with safeties probably next week. If it's something different, oh well, but uh, there you go. And then, make i think next week as well we're going to continue with our playoff recap episodes so stay on the lookout for those and then go ahead and show some love on social media so you already know what's coming you know and that's instagram twitter 
Facebook, TikTok, at the Playmakers, or not the Playmakers Corner, at Playmakers Corner and whatnot. Go ahead and find us there. Show us some love if you're listening to this on a major streaming platform, which I assume you are, unless you're listening to our website. Uh, go ahead and give us a good rating and uh, all that. Share us with all your friends. We appreciate all the support so far. And, you know, just to throw this out there one more time, if you do not make our top five seniors list and you are a senior, uh, you know, we're open to request episodes. That's the next thing coming up in the offseason. We're going to do uh, film breakdowns for guys who don't make our list and whatnot. So uh, there you go. But I have been one of your co-hosts, Simon Moyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I still am one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer, a.k.a. Bodie. Bye.